Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of the Imperfect Pursuit Podcast. Today, I'm bringing you a really cool conversation I had with a brand designer named Polly Arnold from Wild Sand Studios. Polly is a 23-year-old brand designer and educator from the UK. She started her business two years ago and packed up her bags and flew to New Zealand. With a dream of working remotely and living life on her terms, she took a deep dive into the world of branding. Fast forward two years later, and she now runs a successful online creative business with a small team that helps purpose-driven businesses develop brands that are timeless, versatile, and effortlessly cool. I interviewed Polly all about brand strategy and what branding really means. Quick hint, it's so much more than just pretty logos, colors, and fonts. I also asked Polly about her team setup and what that looks like and how Polly built her business so quickly by creating connections with other creatives. Whether you are DIYing your brand or you're thinking about investing in professional branding, I know that you're going to get so many nuggets out of this episode. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hey, welcome to the Imperfect Pursuit Podcast. My name is Sarah Luthi and I love all things marketing, money, mindset, and helping creative entrepreneurs pursue their purpose. Nothing in life or business is perfect, but I believe in the power of taking imperfect action and showing up with grace, authenticity, and intentionality. So if you're ready to imperfectly pursue your biggest goals and build a life and business you love, there is a place for you here. Hey, Polly, welcome to the show. Hey, so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to interview you. Your work is absolutely amazing. You're such a talented creative. So I'm excited to dive deep into that and pick your brains about all things branding. Thank you. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, to start us off, do you just want to briefly share a little bit about your journey, your story, how you got started and ultimately what you do now? Yeah. So it kind of starts back when I was like just going to uni because there was this like pivotal point that kind of changed the course of my life, I guess, Um, where I was meant to go and study Japanese and philosophy. Mm. Um, And like three weeks into going, I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to do it. This is not something I'm really passionate about. I felt like forced into it. And I like looked on the website and I found this thing called fashion marketing. And I was like, screw it, I'm just going to do that instead. So I like went to uni and did a completely different course. Um, And like through that course, I kind of found that I didn't want to work in the fashion industry. But what I did find is that I loved graphic design. Mm -hmm. So like I kind of had that love from it from then, but I kind of, I thought it was just a pipe dream because it wasn't something I'd studied. So I thought, well, I'm not going to get any jobs in graphics, you know, because I'd, I'd done marketing. Um, so I ended up just getting a job in copywriting and a couple of years ago I was just at this agency we just moved from England to New Zealand to go on this like adventure but my partner and I were just stuck in these jobs that we hated and we were like we're not really adventuring we're just you know stuck in a nine-to-five in a different country Mm. so I was kind of yeah fed up of it and I was looking through Facebook one day and I came across this course um I think it was by the bucket list bombshells if you've heard of them no, um, uh, yeah so they're like these America these two ladies and they do this course called like work online and travel the world and I was like yeah that's what I want to do so mm-hmm. I ended up signing up for that and I did some design stuff on that and I kind of just fell in love with branding and for the last like two and a half years I've just been diving in so I'm completely self-taught 
on the graphic wow. side of things. Um, but I just every day I'm learning something new and I decided to start up a branding and web design studio and now yeah. I have like a small team with me and we do branding, web design and photography, mostly wow. for conscious entrepreneurs. Um, and it's, yeah, it's so much fun. I'm so glad that I'm here now and mm. looking back on how it kind of happened is quite funny. Yeah, it's so interesting hearing people's origin stories. And yeah. I feel like so often, myself included, people study a degree, which isn't anything to do with what they're yeah. doing now. And then they discover this world of entrepreneurship. And yeah, I love that. Yeah. So when did you start your business? Just for a little bit of context. So I've probably fully dived into it last January so January of 2020 and I think I had my first client around February wow. um, so yeah we're only like probably a year into it fully being a thing but yeah, yeah now there's like a team of five of us and wow. yeah that's it's just, amazing it's so, yeah it's amazing I'm so happy with how things are going and yeah no I definitely love to dive into that a little bit later in today's conversation about how you grew so quickly um, I know that kind of connections and networking was a big part of that so I'd love to pick your brains yeah. about that a little bit later um, I would love to know what are the different roles of the people on your team I love hearing about people's okay. <laughs> <team> setups <laughs> okay so what I've kind of done is which we can talk about a bit more later but I've kind of given people roles of the things that I am maybe not the best at or I wanted yeah. to start offering um, and all of them are kind of connections that I found through different places um, mm -hmm. so we have quite a good it's all remote and um, so I've got uh, two web designers one that specifies in like Shopify and one that does Squarespace and then mm -hmm. I do show it so we kind of cover all bases there Wow, and then amazing. yeah and then I have a photographer who's local to me so we do a lot of brand photo shoots together and we're like best friends so that's really yeah. nice um and we've just recently actually one of our friends is going to come on it's like a behind the scenes photographer so we're going to kind of mm. have both of those which would be so nice um and then I've also got an illustrator and I'm at the moment in the process of like bringing on a assistant just to help like with design yeah. assistance because that's kind of the one thing that we're missing at the moment just that help on the design side of things yeah wow I love hearing about that and that's amazing that you've been able to build your team in a pretty short period of time a lot of people you know kind of fulfill that solopreneur role for the first year or even two or three years so that's amazing that you've kind of scaled to a to a stage where you can bring on other team members yeah um, would you say you're doing like design work as well as kind of managing the business as well what does your day-to-day -day kind of look like yeah so yeah it's quite crazy so I've got um I do like pretty much all of the client communication um and run like the HQ as you would call it Mm -hmm. um, and pretty much all of my team act as like contractors who all have their own businesses too. So yeah, yeah. I kind of just pull them in at different stages of the projects where yeah. they're most needed and then they'll liaise with the client as well. Um, mm -hmm. So day to day, yeah, I'm doing like all the admin stuff of like emailing clients, checking, you know, my project management systems to see how they're going and like business development, social media, like it's all me, all the website and everything. And all these people kind of help me at different stages, whether I need an illustration for a particular branding project or 
um I needed a website developed or we're doing a brand photography shoot I'll normally sort out all of the like creative direction for the shoot and work out strategy wise and then Mm. my photographer will come on and we'll chat about ideas and then she'll kind of like lead the day of the shoot and that's kind of her like area of genius so Mm. yeah it's kind of like ebbing and flowing at the moment yeah yeah and just all working together and do your sorry this definitely wasn't a part of our structure but I'd love to know this this is why I love you know providing a little bit of freedom for interviews but I would love to know do your clients like are they aware that it's the team of you and are they comfortable knowing that it's not just you because I feel that so often we feel this expectation that Um, we're running personal brands or you know my clients expect me to be a part of the entire process how have you found that managing your clients are they aware that it's not just you and and do they respect that or have you had any issues there yeah so it's an interesting topic actually because that was something I was really nervous about when I decided to kind of bring on a team so to give a quick bit of context before that I was just me up until like September And then I did a complete rebrand to a different type of audience because it just didn't feel like me or where I felt the business was going. So um, throughout my rebrand, I did it over the course of like a month and Mm -hmm. I let my audience know that I was bringing on a team and I like introduced the different people and now I've got them on my website and I Mm -hmm. talk about them quite a bit. So people now kind of, which is quite nice, they refer to like, if if I've got a client inquiry or something they'll say oh like I hope you and the team can take it on so mm-hmm. they're starting to see it more as a collective of people which I love rather yeah. than just me but at the same yeah. time like I'm always the one who's on social or like messaging them so they always have that contact but they just quite enjoy the fact that they get all of these different people with their different skills you know like it's it's not a bad thing to have multiple people working on the project as long as you have one point of contact, I think, just so then it doesn't get confusing. Um, yeah. But they've been really receptive and, yeah, it seems to be working really well so far. I love that. And I hope that's an encouragement for anyone who is listening who is considering, you know, bringing on their first team members or they feel this pressure of having to be the one-woman show. Um, I hope that's an encouragement to someone who is thinking about scaling but it was a little bit nervous of that I do think that there's a really graceful way of being able to have a personable brand where people trust you and they know you but they also understand that sometimes we can't always do it on our own and um, and sometimes it is actually the best option to bring on people who are gifted or perhaps even more gifted in certain areas that even we are um, so I love that and I can definitely relate to that with my own floral business as well um, for the first kind of two years I felt this immense pressure to just be the one you know doing emails doing the design doing the delivery and the setup and doing absolutely everything until I realized that when I booked 50 weddings in one year it just wasn't possible for me to do it all on my own and now I kind of I I mix up the language between like I and me but then also we as a collective and like we are so excited to serve you and I think people are aware that it's like Sarah's business but then there are other people helping behind the scenes Okay, well, I'd love to dive into the conversation around branding because this is your expertise. This is what you're amazing at. So do you just want to tell us a little bit about what branding means to you? Because I know often when when we hear the word branding, often people think, 
you know, logos and colors and fonts and all of those beautiful things, which obviously brand design is. But let's unpack this a little bit more. Like what is branding to you and what are some of the misconceptions around this term branding? Yeah, so it's a really interesting topic because I used to think of branding in the exact same way because unless you're like living and breathing it, you do just see the visuals and that's no one's fault because that's what you end up seeing and it does look beautiful and you think that's obviously what it is. But really it's all about like evoking emotions and Mm. like feelings in your consumers and making them feel a part of something bigger than themselves Mm-hmm. And it can even be in like the way that you talk, in the way that you handle complaints, the values you have, the charities you work with, like your story and how your product is or your service is like solving a problem and not just looking good. So I always think about starting with that solid foundation. And sometimes we use this analogy about a house that if you don't put a foundation on a house, it might stay up for a little while, but it's going to fall down eventually because there's nothing keeping it there. And yeah. so I always talk about building that solid foundation, which comes in this like terms of brand strategy. So this is like talking all about your mission and your purpose, your values, like your messaging, who your audience is, and like really, really diving deep into that audience and learning about what they do on a day-to-day basis and what they Mm. wish for and hope for and kind of really getting into what your brand actually means and funnily enough the visual side of things doesn't come for quite a while and most of the time it's it's a lot of words and that's kind of how I've loved I think that's why I love brand strategy so much because I was a writer and it's all about wording and creating like a feeling of a brand through words before you then translate that into visuals and so yeah for me it's like everything around the visuals the visuals are so important but it's everything that your brand stands for and what you want to put out in the world that is your brand and that can even be you as a person like you Sarah like you're kind of more of a personal brand like it's interesting to see like your brand is not just the colors that you use your brand is the way you you know portray yourself and mm. the things you love doing and the way that you love serving your community that kind of thing yeah yeah absolutely so in your experience what mistakes do you see people make when it comes to their branding like do you feel like people do rush into the pretty stuff before diving deep into the the strategy first yeah 100% because a lot of people don't really know what brand strategy is or what it entails Um, So they do sometimes just go on like Upwork or Fiverr and get a logo done and kind of like slap it on and say, yep, I'm done. And then they get like a year or two down the line or maybe even like two months down the line. (laughs) And they're like, oh, gosh, like I've got nothing here to to like go off. Everything's inconsistent. It's confusing. And and they realize that that's not going to cut it. But also Mm -hmm. a lot of people make the mistake of branding in the way that they want to and not their consumers so you kind of you fall into that trap of trying to go by trends and like what you love at that moment and that could change within a month and then your branding is like no longer something you enjoy or love and then your consumers will get confused because you're changing it um so that's yeah that's a big thing 
that I do see a lot that people have decided to do pink because they love pink and not because yeah. the customers love pink. Yeah, I feel like yeah. that's something that I'm probably a little bit guilty of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something that I've definitely considered as well when I think, oh my goodness, when people go to my Instagram account, there's a lot of blushes and pinks and nudes, but is that like just too feminine? Like am I, you know, repelling a lot of people who would be ideal clients but maybe just don't like pink as much as I do? Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, that's such a good thought there. Interesting. Are there any other mistakes you see people make when it comes to their branding? Yeah, I think like a lot of people might go to different people at different points let's say and they kind of stitch it up like say you break your dolly and you've got like three different threads and Mm -hmm. you just decide to stitch it up with the three different threads this kind of inconsistent because a lot of people don't want to invest in a designer at the beginning which I completely understand because it is expensive and so they might like get a logo here and do some colors over here and try and do their website themselves and they end up just getting really overwhelmed and not really getting that far so I do see some people maybe losing money in the sense that they've maybe done it over a longer period of time but they haven't Mm -hmm. invested in one person to get it done cohesively so it just ends up being inconsistent and they have to pay again and that's really sad that that's happened you know because they've lost money Mm. yeah interesting I feel like that would be a really easy mistake to make. Okay, so how can creative entrepreneurs who are listening right now who who feel like they do need to strengthen their brands and they just are feeling called out right now, like, oh, my goodness, I need to do some work here. (laughs) Do you have any tips for that? What small steps can they take right now to, to begin strengthening their brand? Yeah, so I always think wherever you are in your business right now, when you're feeling called out and you're like, right, I need to step back and have a think, (laughs) I think start with that foundation again. So go back and create that foundation for your house and think about your purpose and your values, your customers, Mm. why you even exist. Like really go back to that and have a sit down with yourself kind of take a day even if they yeah even if it's a few hours that you can take to just sit down with yourself Mm. and just evaluate everything and that's actually something I've put out recently I've got this strategic foundations guide Mm. where it kind of gives you some prompts to start thinking about your audience and your values and everything that I've mentioned before and to kind of start that brand strategy process without having to go to a designer just yet it's something that can get you thinking and you can even start it now and spend mm. a couple of hours doing it and a lot of the time when you go through those questions you kind of realize things that you haven't even thought about and it helps you to go in that right direction for your branding and it might make you have an epiphany that you need to completely rebrand or maybe you're just targeting the wrong person or something like that those little things will come up if you mm-hmm. take the time to really step back and go through everything yeah, I feel like people definitely tend to cut corners <laughs> in yeah. a lot of in a lot of ways, but particularly when it comes to their branding, I see a lot of people cutting corners. You know, they as we've already spoken about, they go straight to the the visual, pretty fun stuff and don't take that time to to dive deep and reflect on those kinds of things. And it's something that yeah, I've spoken about with my coaching clients too. Yeah, and I see a lot of people trying to cut corners there. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> Are there any other tips that you have for people who are wanting to improve their brand? Yes, I think just like maybe look at the branding that they've got 
and just see where the like inconsistencies are lying and kind of like pinpoint their biggest pain so mm-hmm. maybe it's that they've the social media is they're just too busy and it just is all over the place and that's what's really causing that friction or maybe they need to go back and sort out like a proper color palette because I know a lot of yeah. people they just kind of have an idea of the colors they like but they just change it so mm-hmm. in if you've got a business card from them and you go on their website and you go on their Instagram they're all different colors or they're you know like different, slightly different yeah shades. yeah <laughs> it's kind of the same maybe a different font and it's just yeah. not completely cohesive so yeah pinpoint things that you really want to change and just start slowly just pick yeah. one thing I'll t- like change that till you're happy with it and kind of go like that don't just think oh my goodness I've got to change everything because that's when it gets overwhelming just start slowly and pinpoint your biggest problem first and then kind of go down the list yeah that's good advice I don't know how you feel about Canva is like how do you feel about Canva uh, is it <laughs> or is it something you have accepted people use okay so I've accepted people use it and I've had to use it a couple of times when doing social media templates for clients for example because I yeah. know that a lot of them won't have access to the Adobe suite yes um yeah. So I don't hate it, but what I do dislike is that now you can kind of pinpoint someone using Canva because yeah. they're using <laughs> templates and yeah. you can go on their Instagram and go, yeah, they've definitely got that from Canva. So I think mm-hmm. the sad thing is that there's a bit of that personality and that difference has been lost because mm-hmm. it's so easy to just click them because they're so beautiful, the templates, they're done by designers. So yeah. You know, and it's so easy to use for, you know, the normal person who's not a designer. It's just so user-friendly. But oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I agree there. I, you can spot it from a mile away now, like when people use yeah. those graphics that they've just pulled from that homepage of Canva. Yeah. Um, I love Canva. Like I use it. I don't know how to use Adobe, so I think it's great. But I do think um, people need to learn how to differentiate their content from what Canva has already yeah, provided or investing in um like templates from creative market or even I know a lot of brand designers actually do custom templates for Canva too which I think would be a cool investment yeah Um, definitely and I think yeah I don't hate it because I think it's such a great platform that has allowed so many non-designers to get creative so I think it's just yeah like you said it's how you use it and just Mm -hmm. being careful of not copying and putting your own spin on things yes Um, yeah yeah, because it's not that hard to just change the font from what it was, you know, in the original template, um, changing it to your brand fonts or your colors, as you were saying. And I know that can, I think it's just Canva Pro. I don't think the free version does this, but you can save like your brand fonts and colors in your um, Canva brand style guide. So for yeah. anyone who's listening who does use Canva, um, that's just a quick tip that I have just to build on what you were saying, just to um, make that a little bit seamless. I feel like that's you know it's a pretty quick thing to do but it in the long run will save you a lot of time and make things look a little bit more cohesive yeah no that's interesting but no I definitely understand like it can be a little bit cringy when you know someone has just pulled the template from Canva and hasn't changed anything except the word and it's like oh my gosh I've seen that like 20 million times (laughs) so I guess the million dollar question I know a lot of people would be wondering this. So when would you recommend that an entrepreneur invests in professional branding 
and or how does someone know when it's the right time for a brand refresh? Okay, yeah, good question. So a lot of clients have like two different stages or people that I've come across. So the first is that they have this idea and they really want to have a good crack at it and they haven't done anything yet. So they just want to do it right from the get-go and get people like fresh out the water haven't done anything or maybe like dabbled but they want to do it right so that's obviously a great time to invest but only if you have really sat down and thought about what your purpose of this brand is because like a mini mistake is if someone is so fresh and they come to a brand designer and they don't know what they want yet that Mm. that can be a bit of a problem so Mm. yeah as long as you have an idea of exactly what you want that's a good time to do it but the biggest one that I see is when people are needing like a brand refresh where they've hit a crossroads in their business and they're successful and they've got clients but something just doesn't feel quite right anymore it doesn't really fit with where they're going maybe you're like pivoting in your business and you want to start create like doing coaching um say you were doing a service-based business and now you want to coach like your audience is going to change so like your branding is going to have to change with that Um, or your brand no longer reflects your business goals maybe you've seen some things over the last year and you've thought actually I really want to start doing that Um, and this brand just no longer reflects that that's a really good time Um, or if you're just feeling super inconsistent with everything you don't have like a brand guidelines you don't really have a clear direction and you've just DIY'd it up until now and you're really wanting to level up and yeah. take that take that business to the next level, reach your financial goals and get a particular client. Investing in someone at that point is really great because you've got that knowledge mm. that you've already taken in your business. You know what your clients love and the kind of things that your clients that you want to get love. So you can see where you need to kind of bridge that gap that's like a perfect time to get a brand designer on board and and get them to help you kind of create this dream that you've been been like sitting on you know Mm -hmm. so would you recommend slash not recommend that people invest like straight away at the launch of their business because I don't know, from my experience, I feel that sometimes people do need to have maybe a few months experience in in the business, like working with a few clients before they actually understand exactly where their brand is going. Um, That's kind of what I've seen, but we'd love to know your thoughts there. Like, do you think sometimes it's worth it to invest straight away or would you recommend that people do kind of just start and invest along the way? (laughs) This is like a, this is a difficult one because it really depends on who they are. So For example, if you've had multiple other businesses and you've got a new business idea, you're already established as a business. I think if you're established as an entrepreneur, no matter what you've been doing, it's okay if it's new because you've got experience in the industry. Um, Mm. So as long as you've got that kind of foundation, I think it's good because say, yeah, they're starting a second or third business. They've got capital behind them. They want to have a good crack at it. That's a great time to invest. But if you're like just starting out and say you want to be a web designer and you haven't had any clients yet and you're you're still working your nine to five and you're not quite sure if this is going to work out or even what you want to be or who you want to target, it's definitely not the right Mm -hmm. time yet. So Yeah. yeah, it really depends on 
on where you're at in your stage in your business life but also in your life in general and yeah how how good it's going to be because I'm I talk a lot about making timeless brands and that's something that I'm really passionate about and I think you can only make a timeless brand once you really understand your brand and what you want to get from it and I see a lot of the time at the beginning of a journey things changing a lot so yeah just making sure that you're 100% certain on your goals and your values and your visions for the future and then it's time. Yeah, that's really good advice. And I I love how you kind of mentioned that in terms of if this is your first crack at entrepreneurship or if you do have a bit of experience there. Yeah, I feel that would really um, depend on on the situation. And also what you said about capital, because often when people are starting a side hustle, you know, they, as you say, may not have as much capital behind them. So any investment they make is going to feel like a really big step. Um, And especially when you are in those early stages and working out, what is the best thing to invest in? You know, is it education? Is it branding? Is it, um, you know, the million other things you can invest in as a team? Yeah, I feel that often if you are like very new to the game, you know, there may be other things that are more worthy of that investment straight away. But um, yeah, I I like what you said about, you know, if if you have been in the industry for a little while, like maybe you're just doing a bit of a pivot or launching something which is still kind of in line with what you're doing, it may make sense to just invest straight away. Yeah, definitely. To that yeah that next level yeah yeah that's great I love what you said all right okay I know you mentioned this kind of at the start of the podcast and I'm really excited to dive into this um but you grew your business very very quickly it's been what less than a year or about a year is that right yeah I think yeah I think about a year yeah and you're working with so many clients and you've got team members helping you out so I would love to know if there's anything specific that you would say contributed to the growth of your own brand and your own business I would just love to hear about this yeah okay so so it all kind of it all kind of started when I was a few months in to my business and I was working full-time still so I was kind of doing that, wake up at six, do some client calls, come home, work till midnight kind of situation. And it was pretty lonely. And I'm a really sociable person. I love being around people and especially creative people because as much as I love my friends and family, they don't want to hear about, you know, it yeah. all the time. I'm sure all you can relate. Yes. <laughs> and so I, I just thought it was so important to find people that had common ground, but also people that I could learn from so one thing I did in like specifically which I think really helped is I made a list of people who were in the industry in similar things to what I was doing but a little bit further ahead than me so like around the corner of the track you know not like crazy far but like a little bit further ahead ahead, yeah. yeah um so I made a list and I just sent a message to them on a whim like hey any chance you'd like want to work together on projects like do you need any do you need a designer for anything um and I was really nervous to do it but I was like you know I've got nothing to lose so mm-hmm. I did that and I got some really good responses and now I kind of have a few people that I work with on and off for different projects each month and not only did that give me that connection that I craved of other people it mm-hmm. also gave me different like clients to work on so I've got a lot more experience now and but also it gave me different streams of income so I wasn't really nervous about getting that next client for myself it was kind of 
supplemented by other people passing me on projects as well Mm, Um, and it wasn't particularly like I wasn't working for someone as an employee as such I kind of just became this creative partner for like multiple different people and I don't think people talk about it enough but it was really it was really like pivotal in my business because it gave me the chance to quit my job without Mm. the worry and then I was able to build my own business whilst working with these other people so then what I kind of did was transfer that into my own business and I thought great I want to offer web design but I don't really have the capacity to be doing that right now so I got in touch with a few people and luckily I've made some friends and gone to some networking events so I kind of just reached out to them and was like would you want to become part of my team um, you know like you've got your own business and I fully support that but I'd love for you to work on some stuff for me and um, so I kind of reached out to those people the way that I reached out to the other people um, and now I've kind of started to build this I call them like creative partnerships but all these different people and avenues where you can work together on multiple projects and have mm-hmm. that almost colleague environment but virtually yeah um, And I think that's helped me to grow my business because I've had so much support and all of these different experiences in such a short amount of time that I feel like I've grown five years in one year. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, no, I'm just, my mind is swelling at the moment. So (laughs) do you, I don't know what this setup looks like for you. And obviously there's probably, you can't probably go into too much detail on the podcast, but is like referral payout something that you've included in your strategy or is it, yeah, what does that look like? Is it just based on like people referring you because they love you or is there like a incentive there? What does that look like? Okay, so so in terms of the people that I work, for, I'll say I work for or work with, um, no, there was no like referral or anything. I'm kind of yeah. like, I'm kind of contracted for them. That's the easiest way to kind of describe it. And then for me, the people I work with are kind of contracted for me. Um, right. So, yeah, we, we all kind of have our own businesses, but we just pick each other out for different projects. We've It's almost like having this, yeah, ref, referral list, I guess, of right. people you yes. can pick up and be like, right, they could be great for that project. Um, and you're kind of outsourcing all the time to this community of people. I think that's the best way to describe it. Yeah, um, no, that makes sense. So the people in your creative network that you kind of work with and this referral system kind of works is are they mostly like designers yeah so like brand and web designers illustrators photographers like all in that kind of industry and copywriters yeah all in the field of Mm. what we do basically like if any client comes to me they're most likely will be wanting copy brand web and photography if they could um, so yeah, I've kind of got different people in different places that could do all of those things. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Oh, that's so cool. And I guess it's such a good reminder that sometimes we do just need to step out of our comfort zone and reach out to people and start building those connections because who knows how it can pay off. So I love that. Would you say that those connections mostly started on it on like social media or I know you mentioned you went to networking events too. Like what did you find worked? Was there one that worked better than than the other or was it just a a mix? 
So I would say Instagram was the biggest one. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I've followed a couple of people, reached out, um, mm. and even locally, like I've, I reached out to quite a few different people that I noticed worked from here, um, from where I live. And I was like, do you want to go for a coffee or anything? Like yeah. just put myself out there. And that's how I kind of started to meet different people just online. Yeah. And I've got some really cool connections where we call every like three months and just chat about creative stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's really random, but it's, it's nice. So I would say, yeah, like anyone listening to go onto Instagram and if there's someone you admire or someone you'd love to work with just awesome like most of the time they'll be really flattered that you've even thought of them or would want to work with them so mm, yeah you're, yeah you're most likely never going to get a negative response so yeah. I just say go for it you know and like really like even if the person isn't keen or they're too busy or maybe they get these messages all the time like yeah. the worst thing that's going to happen is like I mean they may just not respond if they've got a lot of messages or they may just say like hey like thanks so much for reaching out like I don't really have the time to meet up but you know really appreciate you meet you reaching out but now they're aware of who you are right so that's a big thing even in itself like yeah yeah I think sometimes we let fear control our decisions but sometimes we just need to work out like what's the worst that could happen from the situation and discover that it's not actually all that all that bad so Exactly. And I think especially with what's going on in the world, mm. finding those deeper connections online, because, you know, we are all connected online. But I think I really craved real connections, like friendships almost. Yeah. Um, and there's so many people out there that want the same thing. So, yeah, I just say if you're really worried about it, just close your eyes and hit send and yeah. just like see what happens, you know. Yeah, and I think sometimes, and I think I might have mentioned this on an earlier podcast episode, but sometimes we just need to change our mindset around, you know, reaching out to people. And instead of kind of seeing it as what can I get out of this, um, just kind of changing it a little bit and working out like, how can I bless this person? How can I serve this person? Like, this is an opportunity where a really beautiful, like two-way connection or two-way friendship can can begin here rather than just thinking like, how can I get this information from someone or get this, you know, sale from someone? Cause you know, that's a little bit slimy, but just changing your mindset around that and, and, you know, thinking about how can I give to this person so that they can benefit from this relationship as well. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the beauty of those kind of friendships or relationships. Cause like I was thinking the other day about it and it's kind of really embodying that community over competition, even though that's crazy been you know said a lot um think if you really try in your day-to-day life to embody that and and think how can I use this community to help you know it's like that saying how when you know one person goes I can't even think of it but like someone go like get and become successful and all these other people become successful because of that because you're pulling everyone up so yeah yeah yeah, totally of like that person's doing so well like I wish I was them rather than hmm, like how can I work with all these people and all of us become more successful or grow our mm. businesses together you know because everyone wants the same thing so and it's such a mindset block I see a lot of people run into is feeling like there's not enough work to go around and it's just such a lie I think we need yeah. to understand like there is totally enough work to go around like you yeah, can have connections with your quote unquote competition 
because there's still a way that um, that can give back into each other's businesses in a really beautiful way. And even if like, say for example, in your like florist business, you had someone who was similar to you um, and you were just swamped and you thought, yeah. oh, I'm an amazing person that I know yeah. will benefit this client will really love. You can send stuff their way and vice versa. So yeah, it's yeah. this really nice like two-way street totally. where you can both yeah. benefit. Yeah, and I can speak from experience with that because that, that's my other business is doing wedding florals. So I, I do have a couple of um, local florist connections and, and we often give work to each other when, you know, one of us might not be available. And yeah, I've never felt like they're taking business away from me because it's, it's been a really lovely like two-way connection and, and often I'll get inquiries and someone will say, oh, so-and-so sent you and, and I'll do the same as well. And and that's lovely. And we've done similar to you, like we've done work for each other as well on big events, often contracting for each other when needed as well. So it can yeah. definitely be done well for anyone who's listening who is wondering like, oh, is, is it is it risky getting um, involved with your local competition? And, you know, I don't want to say like no, because sometimes, yeah. you know, you do have to be aware, like some people will walk all over yeah. you and <laughs> some people don't have the best intentions, unfortunately. But if you can find a couple of um, connections in your either your local industry or just, you know, on social media or something where you can um, serve one another and give to one another and encourage one another, I think that's going to be really beautiful and it, and it can be done. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Like you said, there, there are always going to be people out there who don't have the best intentions at heart, but there's so many people who really crave that connection too. Like, no, we don't have to be lonely doing this we can do it together and help each other out and give give each other that support so yeah it's definitely worth it Mm. I love that we had a conversation around that because I know that was something that you're passionate about and really wanted to kind of hear your story there so that's really encouraging um I just want to circle back quickly to the brand stuff I should have asked this when we were talking about branding but I would love to know if you have any tips for someone who is actually looking for a brand designer what they should be looking for. Um, yeah, do you have any tips when it comes to making that decision? Because often there are so many options and it can be hard to narrow down. So how yeah. would you um, advise anyone who is in that boat? Okay, so yeah, first I would look at what kind of brand they're wanting to create, like the feeling both visually and from like a strategic standpoint, like what their values are. And a lot of the time, because there's so many designers, you want to really align yourself with someone that you trust and you think aligns with your values. So definitely like go onto their websites, like find a few that you like, go onto their websites, have a look at, you know, what they're about, what their values are, their process. Like, do they really Mm -hmm. dive into that strategic thing? Because, you know, some designers might just take you through that visual process and you need something a little deeper. pay attention to how they communicate with you. So if they wait for a few days to respond to you and don't really seem that interested or mm-hmm. kind of like don't give you the light of day, then see that as a red flag. You yeah. you want someone to, although they're busy, still make you feel really special and important and that they care about what you're doing um, because yeah. it's it's a pretty much like a, a partnership deal when you do go with a brand designer because – you're allowed to obviously give your opinions because it's your brand but they need to have that freedom as well to do it so you kind of want to have someone that you could see yourself almost like being friends with 
um, that you really get on with, but you also think their work kind of speaks for itself and is really aligned with what you want to do. So yeah, yeah it's kind of that like two edged prong thing of like, does the design stuff that they're putting out there align with what you want? And does their personality and everything they stand for align yeah. with you too? That kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. I know it probably depends on the designer and how much work they have and, and all of that kind of thing. But roughly on average, how long would you expect the turnaround time to be? Like how long would people expect to wait? Maybe not necessarily from, you know, inquiry to receiving the brand, but maybe from like when the brand designer begins the project, how long would it usually kind of take? Yeah. So for branding, so for like a signature brand package, where you're doing your strategy and you're getting all your visuals and everything that normally takes like six to seven weeks, like turnaround yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're adding a website into that, then you're getting into like the 12 week stage, yeah. like 15, yeah. because you have to go through the whole branding process and then the whole website process. So mm-hmm. um, that can kind of take a little bit longer. And I know some people get nervous sometimes because they want it, straight away and they think you know you might have to wait two months to start and then wait two months to get your branding but it's so worth the wait to get someone that you really want to work with rather than settling for something that you don't want and then three months down the line something goes wrong with your branding and they don't want to talk to you because you're no longer a client you know like yeah (laughs) and that's really good because I feel often people expect it to only take you know two weeks or four weeks or maybe six weeks but no, that's a good reminder that it is a process and you don't want your brand to, to be rushed. I don't know about you. Like I don't yeah. want to pay a lot of money <laughs> knowing someone's just like whipped it up in like 30 minutes and just rushed the job. So yeah, I think that's important to know and it is yeah. worth the wait if you find the right person. And also one thing to like look out for is if someone's kind of promising you the world for a little, for a little amount of money. Yeah, they're kind of like yeah like they're cutting out <laughs> the industry something's going on there like yeah. it's not going to be top quality so kind of figure out what your budget is but also the higher the price most likely it's going to be you know like good mm-hmm. quality so yeah just kind of making sure that you don't step into something that you regret you know yeah and I feel like when you're choosing any kind of vendor or if you're trying to outsource something um yeah like being aware of their communication and what kinds of things are they promising I think it's really important I've definitely invested in something in the past where they definitely overpromised and underdelivered, and their communication was terrible um, but I think you know in terms of branding even though it's perfectly normal for it to take you know as long as you said you know two three up to four months or whatever I think as long as that person is really transparent about that and communicates throughout the process I think that's helpful, but I can imagine as a consumer, um, yeah. if they're if they're told that it would take you know up to a month and then it takes three, it can be a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> it's better to like yeah make it out to be two months and then do it in a month than totally. the other way around, you know, because yeah, yeah there's, there's nothing worse than that. So yeah, I think just make sure that they're really good at communication, so you know that you can ask them for anything and that yeah. you're not just a piece that you're not just money to them you know you're a person because it's your baby you know you want them to do good things with it not just yeah and I think like if you are looking for um, a brand designer and if you need it by a certain date like being honest about that from the start but then asking them 
like is this something that you can commit to like is this realistic for you because I don't want to you know start the project thinking it's going to be ready for my launch on x date and then it has to extend by a certain period of time um I think being honest from the start I imagine I don't know would love to hear your thoughts is it helpful when people are honest about that instead of halfway through like oh yes I need it in like two weeks for my launch (laughs) yeah I think I think honesty up front is really important so like before I take on any clients we have a clarity call where we just kind of like talk about everything and we go through that timeline because I'll often say to someone you know do you have a date in mind that you need this by and if it's really unrealistic I just say it to them I'm like look maybe we could do it two weeks after that but that's just not gonna happen you know like it's yeah and most times they'll wiggle it because you know you're yeah and and also they it's not even just that as well that maybe they were they didn't realize quite how long it takes so yeah yeah you kind of have to set those boundaries and as the consumer as well, have that understanding that it might take a little bit longer than you hope, but at least it's going to be like a good product, you know. For sure. Okay, well, we're nearing the end of the episode, but a question that I always ask as part of this podcast, and I feel like you've already shared bits and pieces of this already, but what is the time in your business that you decided to take imperfect action and how did this pay off I feel like your whole story about creating those connections is <laughs> is a huge thing in itself but yeah I would love to know if there's a maybe even a specific time that comes to mind if you'd like to share yeah okay so I think yeah my whole business is a series of taking imperfect actions <laughs> yes. but, everyone says that it's so true though yeah yeah none of us actually know what we're doing but <laughs> we try um but like one specific thing that comes to mind is when I like first got asked to do a website like professionally mm-hmm. and I'd done some of my own and I knew I kind of had it in me but I hadn't gone through that whole process with my clients yet and I'm really um like picky with how I go through my process and make sure that it's really good for my clients so I was a little bit nervous but I thought okay I'm just gonna take it on and like learn as I go kind of in the client process type of thing yeah. um and it ended up paying off and they really liked it and it was great but it, it was nerve-wracking so like you're kind of on edge the whole time wanting to make sure that you give them a really good experience but I think sometimes you just have to dive in the deep end and mm-hmm. put yourself in that situation so then the next time you are sweet like it's totally fine you know like if I hadn't have done that I probably wouldn't have been doing websites now like I'd have yeah. still had that idea that I couldn't so yeah I think sometimes you just have to take take the job and just like run with it and learn like as you're like going that. along <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I love that okay a few rapid fire questions um is there a favorite podcast or a business book or something that you are loving and would recommend? Okay, so yeah, podcasts. I really love Jenna Kutcher's Gold Digger. I don't know if yeah, most people one. talk about that. Yeah. It's a good one. Um, books. I've been listening to one. It's not like a particular, again, like businessy book. I'm not someone who sits down and loves to read about business because I live it every day. So yeah, I, I don't know, like a lot of people do, but it kind of stresses me out. Yeah. So um, I'm really into like human psychology and like human relations mm-hmm. and I've been reading one called like how to win friends and influence people I don't know if you've read that one no, I've heard of it though yeah it's really good like I think it came out in 1936 or something mm-hmm. um, and it's just a really great book on how to deal with people and I think it's so useful for any business owner 
to read it and just come up with like different ways to approach different situations like it's really good for if you want to avoid conflict or if you want to win someone to your way of thinking like it has some really useful insights in how to think differently when you're speaking to people and how that can help you grow your business just by the way that you approach a situation and I found that really interesting yeah that's a great recommendation okay I would love to know if there's a tool or resource that you're loving at the moment in terms of business yeah okay so Asana is like my lifesaver which is probably a lot of people's but I just yeah I just love it so much because it's where all of my projects go down where I just have this list of everything and everything's in there all the client communication and I put all of my um, presentations in there and I just Mm -hmm. love how it's all wrapped up into one because I hate having so many different tools for different things and I love how Asana has kind of become one for a lot of different things um so and it's free as well which is a bonus so (laughs) I've been I've been loving using that and also this app called Toggle which is like a time tracking tool because I never used to track my time and I'm trying to get better at it because it's kind of scary when you realize how long you spend on projects so I've been using that as well and that's really good and it's free to use as well yeah it definitely is interesting tracking your time and we'll often highlight if you need to increase your pricing (laughs) when you realize okay I was working for like $15 an hour on this project yeah Yeah. it's quite worrying sometimes (laughs) practice to get into okay and last but not least before we talk about where people can find you if you would just like to share three things that are bringing you joy right now Okay, so the only thing, it's summer where I am right now. So I'm really loving it. <laughs> it's raining today, but it is summer at the moment. Um, and we live just across the road from the beach. So I've been loving taking like dips in the ocean and just like walking on the beach every day. So just yeah, at least that. once a day, yeah, just get out there and walk with no technology and just like take it in. Yeah. Um, I've been really enjoying the last few nights, which is a little bit weird, but reading and like in candlelight before bed. um, It's so relaxing. It's so (laughs) nice. Like you can smell the candle and the flickering is quite, there's something quite oldie worldy about it and I really like it. Um, So so I recommend trying that. (laughs) Um, So I've been enjoying that. And also just like working out in the mornings because it really helps me get in that mindset of working. I think if I wake up and go straight into work, I'm kind of like, work and um, scattered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's something small, like some days I'll just do yoga and like something quite slow, but other days I'll like do a run or go for a hit workout. And it just, yeah. it makes you yeah feel so much more prepared to get the work day started rather mm-hmm. than just rolling out of bed and looking straight at your screen so I've been loving doing that as well oh those are such good answers that's making me feel so inspired (laughs) all right Polly well um how can people connect with you where where do you typically hang out how can people find you yeah good question so uh I mostly hang out on Instagram um which is just wild sand studios um, and also on my website, which is just www.wildsandstudios.com. Yeah. Um, and we also have a Pinterest as well, if people are into that. And it's the same um, handle pretty much everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Um, those are pretty much everywhere I hang out. 
yeah mostly if you want to hang out like definitely come onto Instagram that's where we share a lot of our work and Mm -hmm. I usually talk on there and um, I'm always in the DMs so I'm happy to answer questions yeah, I love that. And also just a reminder for anyone listening about Polly's amazing freebie strategic foundations guide, which will pop in the link in the show notes. Um, so you can grab that. As Polly mentioned before, it's a great way to just kind of, yeah, get back to the roots of your brand strategy before investing in branding. So we'll pop that in the show notes for anyone who wants to grab that. But Thank you so much, Polly, for coming on the show. I feel like we covered so many great topics about like team building and building your business and brand strategy. So many good things. So yeah, really appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I love, I love talk like when it goes into the whole mindset stuff as well. Like that's yeah. the stuff I live for. So awesome. Well, thanks so much, Polly. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss future episodes. And while you're at it, if you'd like to leave a five-star rating on iTunes, I would be so grateful. This lets me know what kind of content you're loving so that I can keep creating valuable content for you in the future. It also helps this podcast to find its way to the ears of other creatives just like you. You can check out the show notes for links to everything that was mentioned in this episode or head to my website www.saraluthi.com for more information and some cheeky freebies. Thanks again for being here friend. I am so grateful for you and I'm cheering you on as you imperfectly pursue your purpose.